that silence you're hearing was me allowing Justin to burp off mic. I didn't actually burp. I just thought I might, and so I, I backed away. Yeah. Uh, What's up? The green room. Yeah. You thought green room? I thought green room. Why? Uh, it, I don't know. That was so long ago now. <laughs> we decided we were going to do this, and I knew my answer. Uh, remember uh, before when I was like, I hope it's like the raid, but with Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was a little bit like the raid, both Patrick Stewart, tiny bit, not nearly as cool, mm-hmm. but it was basically that premise. Having never seen the raid, I'll nod in agreement with you. Yeah, it takes place all in one building, and they have I, to fight. I, I they I have to the fight premise. their way out of the building. I know the premise. I mean, that's a huge apartment building, mm-hmm. and everyone there is trying to murder them with guns. Here, there are less people and more Nazis, but it's basically the same thing. So, something that annoys me about that movie. Is the raid? No, 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 green room. Okay, sorry. Good because the raid is fucking fantastic. Um, something that annoys me about that is, and it's not the it's not the director's fault or anything. It's simply a, a economical thing. Mm-hmm. Is that that title is? I'm sorry. The cover for that is like the same generic cover of every fucking movie. Yeah. It annoys the piss out of me. The cover is like a freeze frame from a music video. Yeah, it's just people standing and staring. Well, I was thinking the Anton Yelchin with the machete. Oh, which that's the back. He only uses once. He only uses the machete like once, and he does it very gingerly and badly, and that's kind of the point. Yeah. Well, and in the I think that shot's from when he like jumped down into like the heroin basement area. And was trying to get attention from the guy so he would come down. I figured it was just a promo shot that they I don't know. shot. But. Um, so that one didn't bother me as much. But but I'm more talking like the cover where it's just generically standing. Three people standing there, yeah. Yes, and just staring. That It just annoys me so much. And it's just the Walmart cover. Is, yeah, like is, this This could be a comedy. This could be anything. Yes. Um, the, the coolest thing is like when you see fan art, fan covers. And the coolest one I saw for Green Room was an arm that like had been chopped into like three pieces nah. like a very cartoonish arm mm-hmm. but it was just and that it was green room like yeah and that was super cool that'd be way more iconic yes exactly um so i love that um i disagree i think blue ruin is okay. the better movie um because i think it's all about atmosphere mm-hmm. like not the green room does i love green room don't get me wrong but if I have to choose, I'm going to choose Blue Ruin just from the, the confidence, the stillness of it, and the performance um, from making Blair just puts it over the top for me. Yeah, I also think Blue Ruin was probably the better movie. I just enjoyed Green Room better. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Tom said Blue Ruin by a narrow margin. Yeah, so. who sadly is no longer with us. <laughs> just like not in the recording studio right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's still alive. Like, I don't know why you thought that. But no, that, no was, that was awkward. Yeah. Um, so something that I, I've seen a lot of podcasts do that I thought might be cool is to, like, rehash movies we've seen over the past week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go first. Okay. I haven't seen anything. Uh, <laughs> that was I, I, re- I don't know if you really want to do this. I just wanted to make that joke. <laughs> and not even a good joke necessarily. But like, Really? Yeah. So this is like your The Town of the Dreaded Sundown, Top 10... Yeah, made for TV horror movies yeah. from 1977, I even though it was that, actually made in 1976. That joke was so good 
Yeah, that I had to bring it back just now. The, well, that I had to like try to find a way to get something that was just in that same vein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have okay. those moments. Yeah. It's like, okay, I have a funny thought, but I need to save it for when the time's right. Because it it's totally out of context. Mm-hmm. So then you just wait for the conversation to kind of drift that way, but you realize it's not. So then you're just like... And it's, and it's like, what the fuck are you even I talking like, about? I feel like that happens a lot on this podcast where yeah. all of a sudden you, you haven't said it for a while. So you're just like, go more girls. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just, it just explodes out of you all of a sudden. Uh, speaking of go more girls. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, my girlfriend made me start watching 13 reasons why on Netflix. Okay. And like the teachers from Gilmore girls. That's it. <laughs> I don't have an opinion on the show yet. I haven't seen enough of it. But I thought I would share that. Uh, all I've been watching is Better Call Saul. Like, oh, like, such a second, good show. It's the second season. Like, I, I love Breaking Bad. I think it is the best show ever made. Legitimately. I think Better Call Saul might be better. So doesn't that make Better Call Saul the best show ever? Maybe, but it's not done yet. I yeah. can't I can't judge it as a whole. I think, And it might be just because it's still new, but I don't... Like, there was points when I felt like Breaking Bad was a chore to get through some of the episodes and I haven't had that feeling with Saul yet but it might be because it's early yeah also it's it's way more comedic it can totally be serious mm-hmm. but Breaking Bad had jokes but it wasn't a f- funny show that got serious it was a serious show that sometimes got funny mm-hmm. and this is the opposite and so it, it can bring levity it can bring the, the the feels as the kids call them uh but it can do that with much more regularity on the levity side. Yeah. I don't know how we're, how we're talking about this now that's awkward. <laughs> that happens a lot where I just sit back and I'm like, like even when you do the show notes mm-hmm. and I read them, I'm like, why the fuck were we talking about <laughs> World War Two? What? Is oh, because Tom was here. <laughs> that's why. It's all he ever fucking talks about. Uh, I still argue that's a better character trait than, than me. That's just like, do you know how many times during the course of my real life that like I want to make a reference to somebody about a horror movie, mm. but there's no way I can they have do no it. Context. Like, well, have you seen the town of Dead or Dead Unknown from 1976 where they did the remake? That was like, here's why something that's tangentially related. Like, that was hilarious, huh? And they just look at me like I'm a psycho. Yeah. I can't but everyone that. has context for World War Two. <laughs> exactly. You've played Call of Duty, right? You know about the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, yeah. That was a fat joke. Oh, I guess it's a very subtle one. It was. Uh, what do you got? You want to dive in? Sure. Okay. So we watch Maniac. Yeah. Can I just say this is the first time I feel like in a long time that we watched two movies that I was like legitimately into and legitimately really enjoyed totally non-ironically i feel like last week uh i was just gonna say what about last week last week those were two good movies Mm -hmm. but i wasn't really in the mindset because tom was here and i wasn't like i wasn't expecting good movies (laughs) i wasn't expecting like (laughs) oh this is like a slow those those are definitely movies you probably should have watched at home i didn't set you up great for that one for sure you know, you can't win them all, Russ. Yeah, I'd be happy with winning. But one. this is yeah, I, maybe because <laughs> because these are both slower movies, especially the first one. Uh, the fact that I got to sit at home alone and and watch them, uh, I I really enjoyed them. So so I have find myself fighting this, and I think it's a it's a time frame thing, like the time we live in, because I don't think it's just me. Mm-hmm. 
I fight myself, even if I'm enjoying something, to not fuck with my phone. Yeah. Like, I, I fight myself to do it where I'm, I will, like, consciously leave it across the room mm-hmm. so that I don't grab it and start looking at something that I don't care about. Right. But it's like a safety net. It's like a an OCD type, just you want to be busy type thing. Right. And I, yeah, especially me who takes notes on my phone. Yeah. Like, sometimes, most of the time, I'm, like, totally engrossed, taking notes. Sometimes, I'll like, accidentally hit that home button. It's like, oh, Facebook has a one. My OCD brain kicks in. Well, you got to check that notification. Yeah, because you, I'll speak for myself, nothing is ever important. No. But that might be the one. Yeah. That all of a sudden. No one told me my grandma died, but Facebook told me my grandma died. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's going to be it. <laughs> I have the same thing at night. Like, my phone will beep, and it'll just be, I know that it's a shipment notification from Amazon or, yeah. or it's a spam thing. Right. But I'm still like, Oh, I got to look. What if, what, what if this is the one where Rob zombie heard our podcast and now he wants to come <laughs> on? I go to the little chick. And then by this time I'm on my phone, I'm awake. It's two in the morning. And now I'm like awake because I've made the point to start yeah. reading my bullshit emails. It's I, terrible. And that's why I enjoy when we sit down and we do the double bills like I, I, I almost have to divorce myself from that. Right. So that's, if we start twiddling with our phones, we'll mock each other. Th- exactly. Yeah. I, it's worse. We're policing one another, mm-hmm. and that's good. Um, so I find myself enjoying and absorbing things better when I'm watching them yeah. with you. Except when we're like, okay, what the fuck is that guy in? We need to check IMDb. Yeah, that's true. Most of the time, we'll pause it. Yeah, we do. Um, Not all the time, though. No, but I, but I also feel like. That, Sometimes those eighty-eight minutes really go peppered slowly. That, that, that's what leads us astray. Like what what leads me astray when I'm by myself is I might start with something genuine, like IMDb, and then I just yeah end up looking at Clive Barker's Tumblr page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got four new dicks on there. <laughs> Let me take a peek at this. <laughs> did you like my uh, my art that I sent you? I did. It was like, it was interesting. <laughs> so. It, to, to be fair it wasn't for sale like it was like an archived thing that was like so he had drawn in somebody's book like they mm-hmm. had him sign and he sketched and Wait, uh, what if you weren't expecting that um then you are the luckiest person <laughs> in the world because i i'm not even joking if i saw that i would absolutely buy it because the, i referenced my piece like it feels very clive barker mm-hmm. that's the other type there like there's five or six different like art styles that would be the other one that I would kill for. So what I sent Justin, what when I was debating about buying a, a piece of Clyde Barker art, I sent him one and I asked him if it was too gay or too sexual to hang on my wall in front of my children. He said, no, it wasn't. It was it was definitely subtext, uh, like with a bondage theme, right? The one that I had sent. I thought you were talking about the second one no, you no, said. No, no, the first it was one. Just the first one. The two first monsters one. straight up buff fucking. Yeah, that's exactly what the... So I sent him the other one. I was like, is this one too gay? And, and it was two monsters. Straight up buff fucking. Straight up buff fucking <laughs> from, from the back. So you could see the penetration into the anus of the one on the bottom as well as the anus of the exposed and, and stretched out legs of the top. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. Like, I legitimately, if I could purchase that, I absolutely would. Uh, and I showed it to my wife, and I was like, if something like this, would you let me buy it? And she's like, you can buy it, but you can't display it. And I was like, that's fine. I'll <laughs> wait until, like, the boys are, like, 16, and then I can put it up. 
And she was like, that seems fair. And I was like, and, and the plus to that, they never want to bring people into my basement. <laughs> like if your dad had a, 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 a piece of two monsters engaged in homosexual sodomy, you would never take your friends down there, would you? What if what if they like really worship you and they're like they're super into horror like you you just raise like two little russes and they're like so excited to bring their friends down here and like ah oh, here's the maniac copies and that's that's the cup from the stuff and uh, we don't talk about that <laughs> and uh, over here's critters uh, my my three year old is definitely that kid man oh yeah he is into this stuff hardcore we were we were playing outside today and he found the tote of halloween decorations and he was like we need to go through that right now <laughs> and scare mom with every single halloween decoration in there nice. um yeah uh my other one however is pussy like me <laughs> yeah exactly i think i need to talk to you and my wife about <laughs> about that maybe um anyway uh maniac Maniac, which I always want to say Maniac Cop. It's Whenever not. you say Maniac Cop, it's, it's not. Not at all. But that's what's all over your walls. It is. Um, do you know who directed this movie? The director of Maniac Cop? It is the director oh. of Maniac Cop. Boom. Boom. Yeah. That's weird that he would title things so closely. Yeah. So the way that Maniac came, Cop came about is Larry Cohen, who you know from It's Alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will know from the stuff, Okay. you know, from Cohen over Cohen. Yeah. He was sitting with Bill Lustig, the director of Maniac and was like, what do you guys think? What should we make a sequel to Maniac? And he's like, meh, maybe. What if we did Maniac Cop? <laughs> okay. I'll write Maniac Cop. <laughs> like that's, I'm sure I'm screwing something that's up, but basically, great. but basically that's exactly how that came about. Like that's we should great. work together. Yeah. Uh, synopsis, Justin. Uh, it's really just, us. it's kind of like a weird indie slice of life film, but it's about a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he, it's just him living his life. It's, a, it takes place over a few days or a few months. There's some weird time. Yeah. But, yeah, just slice of life of a serial killer. Yeah. This is day to day stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Overall so, thoughts? Uh, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good... It's like kind of everything in indie's film is from the seventies. Uh, it just happened to be about a serial killer. Um, yeah, so it starts off with a great shot of him. Cause I, I, it just started the DV, the Blu-ray just started, mm-hmm. and I thought that this was like a production logo because it starts with a pic, uh, the the shot of the I don't know what you call those tourist things where you put in a quarter and look it through yeah, it, and you yeah. can see like. I'm looking off the Statue of Liberty. They're so. like pay binoculars almost. Yeah. Something like that. Those, those things. So There's like somebody that. that sells these for a living and yeah. they're like, <laughs> they're not pay binoculars, you asshole. <laughs> like, can you believe this guy? They're calling binoculars. They're cash toculars. Come on. <laughs> uh, but it starts over the shot of those and then he just looks through them and the camera starts uh, as if it's going through those. And there's real good creepy moaning sounds yeah. where it's like heavy breathing mixed with like almost pain like deep pain i don't know it was i just thought it was i don't know i didn't know if the actor's been anything else but i thought it was he got that spot on uh i guess now's as good a time as any 
his name's Joe Spinell. Mm-hmm. He, I love him in this movie so much. Like he knocks it out of the park. Yeah. He's committed, and it just runs away. He steals it completely. Like anytime he is on screen, he is so engrossing, and mm-hmm. I love watching him. Um, you said you didn't know if he was in anything else. There's a documentary on the Blu-ray. Um, okay. It's called The Joe Spinell Story, uh, which is super interesting to watch. They talk about how beloved he was by everybody, and he was a ladies' man and stuff like that. The coolest part of the story, if you don't mind me ruining it for you. No, The fine. coolest part is, is he was in The Godfather. Okay? Oh, okay. So he was in The Godfather. I'm sure it was a bit part. Okay? I can't recall him. So he was it a bit part and he asked the director like hey is it cool if i still come and just watch this go down like i want to work with you francis ford coppola right so he was like yeah that's fine so he did and i'm not going to pretend i know the intricacies of how this works but whomever was responsible for keeping track of who should get paid each day saw him there every day (laughs) and was putting him down that he should be getting paid whatever his rate was so he is the second highest paid actor for the godfather so he (laughs) so like he lived the rest of his life like off these royalty checks for the godfather and he was supposed to be there for like two days but he showed up every day just to be on set not trying to do that yeah but it just worked out awesome for him (laughs) that's fantastic isn't it cool it's a great story yeah Glad I spoiled it for you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but also, like, as as a gentleman who is private, likes to keep to himself, mm-hmm. and isn't the most dashing fella. Are you talking about gets, me or you? <laughs> I usually <laughs> get categorized in, like, the weirdo. At least that's the what I feel like everyone else thinks. Mm-hmm. I might be a bit of a weirdo. So this guy played weirdo fantastically. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> just completely nailed it. So I'm just thinking, I was just kind of picturing like what what was his life like before and after? He just was the perfect weirdo. Mm-hmm. Like weird, creepy, mannequin, loving, serial killer, creep ball. Uh, if you watch that movie, he was like, you would see that. And I think this shows like... Wh- I've, I said this before, I think, and you acted like you had no idea what I was talking about. That women, women get seduced by their ears, and men get seduced by their eyes. I don't know that I looked like I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. Okay, you're saying you don't know what I'm talking about, or do you get what I'm saying? You, I, I understand. I don't. I, I don't believe in generalizations like that. No, no, but no, 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 no. But I think so. If you could believe in generalizations, that's my point. <laughs> okay, bear with. Anyway. If you believe in generalization, this is a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. So here's where I'm going with that. This, by all means, this guy is like, if you were to stack him up beside other people of comparable uh, attractiveness, like him, Rodney Dangerfield, the Elephant Man, like those are all pretty similar as far as how attractive they are, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. So... so so my point is, not an attractive fellow, right? And he was a total ladies' man in real life. And I think it's because you have that charisma, you have that confidence, and it exudes it. So I don't think there was a before and after for him. I mean, basically, he died from being the party guy and the life of the party and everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that really impacted his personal life at all. 
Yeah. Um, one of the openings. So he does the. Uh, you referenced he's like uh, doing the creepy thing, mm-hmm. kills a couple of people. Yeah. Um, and then he goes home. Mm-hmm. And while at home, this one didn't bother me nearly as much because we're establishing that he's a weirdo. Mm-hmm. But nothing bothers me more than when I see movies and they have a thousand candles everywhere. Yeah, he was asleep. Getting <laughs> woken up from a nightmare. <laughs> With a whole bunch of candles and everywhere. And they were, oh God, that just triggered me. We've talked about my weird fire yes, things in yeah, the past, yeah. so it totally triggered them. Yeah. It, uh, but again, this is we've already established he's a weirdo, but how many times do you watch a movie and it's a woman taking a bath, and she's got literally a hundred candles lit. Right. No. I want the scene of them lighting all those. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> like, are they doing it like humming a little song? Do, do, do. I'm lighting my candles. Or they're like, oh, God, why did I put out so many fucking candles? <laughs> Where do they I mean, this is going to look awesome. This is going to look awesome. But God, do right they, now. Do they leave these candles out, or do they pull them out and every time they go to do it? What was the movie? I think it was a comedy. And this guy had like a whole bunch of pillows all over his bed. And he was like saying that he did the math and he spends this much time of his day and this many times of his year just pulling the pillows out of storage. I and that's the same know. idea. So he, yeah. his wife had bought like 10 pillows. So every day he would have to put the pillows back on the make the bed, put all the pillows back on the bed so that it looks nice. When he gets ready to go to bed, take all the pillows off the bed so that he can get into bed. And I feel like it's the same thing. Yeah, um, but he has to do that with both candles and mannequins. Yes, um, you were talking about weirdos at home. There's definitely a whole bunch of people in real real life that I think are weirdos, and I I think the main attribute that I always just I want to know what they're like at home by themselves. Like I envision them at home, like with a bug collection, where they're just like killing the bugs and sticking them with pins. Right, like they they don't even use formaldehyde. They just like stick them. Yeah, and then they and they're like a, still flapping their wings, pinned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they smell them. Yeah, like yeah, lick their but hands. Instead, the real weirdos are the ones that have like shrines to horror movies in their basement. You and I, thanks. <laughs> I see. I would argue that like the majority of people that are actually into horror. Again, I use the word majority. Are like the most again. I'm making them a generalization, mm-hmm. but that's just what, it's not about everyone. Yeah, that's what that's I a do. Generalization. That's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> like um, the uh, I don't know where I was. You just oh, that I think that they horror fans for the most part have a a way in which to get out that weird part, um, and it's people that aren't that you actually need to be concerned about. Like right. they they they're aware of what it is and they can separate it because so often people that are actually into horror like me can't handle anything real in the slightest um it's it's a major distinction that they have Mm -hmm. basically i'm saying i'm not a weirdo (laughs) you and i both worked with a guy that i genuinely have concerns about that i won't name we worked with him he would reference he, he would be buying these totes at one point, like these big plastic totes whenever they go on sale. And finally one day I was like, hey, fella, what's with these totes? And he would go, like every day he was off, he would go to the library and photocopy anything that he happened to find interesting. So he had totes upon totes upon totes filled with loose papers on things that he found interesting. Um, 
Yeah, that's pretty weird. That's weird, right? Yeah. He, at one point, went on vacation and kept making up. And I think, for the most part, people do this casually. They're like, oh, I'm looking forward to my vacation. Only got a week, you know? Um, and he was doing that. And, of course, whether you want to know or not, your next question is always like, oh, yeah, what are you doing? That's the cur- Yeah, you you're going people- somewhere. You're staying at home relaxing. Yes. What are you doing? Oh, oh, I'm a human being. I'm going to interact with you. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. So he, you would ask that, right? So you would say, where are you going? And he refused to everybody. He had the same speech for everybody. I'm going. I'm, I'm getting away. I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> Nobody's going to know where I'm at. I'm not going to. And I'm like, this dude is like traveling overseas to do some weird stuff or, or something. He's He's buying a sex slave or he is... Going out in the desert and shooting himself in the face. One uh, way or another, he's probably not coming back in it a was, week. This guy, this might be the one that puts you over so you know what I'm talking about. This guy was obsessed with softball. Like, he played softball constantly. You still don't know who I'm talking about. I don't. This is painful for me. So, he he uh, w- played softball. Um, he's in his 50s, right? And he made a big deal about how he was going to be retiring from softball. And he brought in every, he had, he had a, I think he figured it out. Okay. Um, he had like a, a, a mead notebook for every year that he played softball, like with every stat, like his number of at bats and everything going back like 40 years. I feel like, I mean. Genuinely creepy. So my grandfather born in 1934. This was your grandfather. I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is awkward. Uh, so he was like. A child of, I mean, there was still technically the depression, but like coming out of the depression didn't have a lot. Uh, and so he died a few years ago and he had tape after tape after tape, just tons and tons of VH test, VHS tapes everywhere of stuff he taped off TV and inside every one was a little thing, uh, a little note that said, exactly what it was from timestamp to timestamp like what channel he taped it off of and all of them he did the like pause it when they go to commercial and start it again right when they come back so he didn't have the commercials in there i feel like every one of these he recorded and then never watched but he had them and like he cataloged them and that's I don't, what made him feel yeah good i guess i don't think that's different than my dvd collection really because they're but you watch them I don't watch all of them. Let's be no. honest. I mean, some of some of them you straight up collect, but I don't know. I had a DVD collection that I got rid of recently, and I think one of my friends got upset with me and cataloged it at some point, and like a third of the movies were still in their shrink wrap. <laughs> I like I bought Ultraviolet. I paid twenty five dollars for Ultraviolet the day it came out. I never watched that. I never had any intention to watch that. I was just like, oh, the glass armor looked kind of cool. I have wait, wait. too much money for my age. The movie Ultraviolet? Yeah. Oh, like with the the girl with dark hair on the cover, like with a sword? Yeah. Like that looked like straight up just action-y Hollywood garbage to me. Was it yeah. good? I, it was still in a shrink wrap. I don't know. <laughs> I, but 12 years later, I probably sold it for $2. Yeah. That's depressing. I, I purged most of my CDs recently, and I had that feeling like... Ugh, here's Green Day CD that's a penny on Amazon. <laughs> Might as well throw that away. Yeah. Like, most most of my stuff I either threw in the garbage or gave to Goodwill. Yeah. 
Um, it actually felt good. It feels good to not own stuff. You should try it sometime. Just take this whole wall down and start over. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that way about this room mm-hmm. that we're sitting in because I finished it. Like it was straight up insulate. It was straight up just unfinished basement or it's concrete. And I had finished it, and then I'm like, I really want to tear this down because I feel like I learned a lot, and I could do it a lot better the second time. But Twelve I, seconds into Maniac, by the way. But I didn't. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Uh, well, this is a good movie. We should talk about okay, it. Okay, sorry. Uh, we talked about the director already. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, so, Frank mm-hmm. gets a prostitute. Yeah. He goes to check into a hotel. Before that, the the scene with the candles is also the scene where you see all the... The mannequins. The mannequins mm-hmm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. Uh, but there's also... It's a bunch of mannequins and dolls and everything. And there's a battle axe in the corner. I miss the battle axe. <laughs> there's a battle axe in the corner. <laughs> that was the funniest thing to me in the world. Just like candles, a TV playing nothing but static... Which I guess t- tells you it's like 3 a.m. in the 70s. Because mm-hmm. I think they used to just go off the air. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know nothing. <laughs> I, I actually feel like that makes sense as a character. Because mm-hmm. I feel like at some point he would be walking and somebody would be like, dude, you want to buy a battle axe? And he would be like, yes, <laughs> of <laughs> course I want to buy a battle axe. Uh, where does he get his money, by the way? Uh-huh. Like, because he didn't seem to be that hard up, like, because he kept getting prostitutes. Well, he didn't pay him, though, either. I mean, he paid for the room and everything, yeah, and he, he had the lot the of cash to pay her. That's true. The, uh, he so killed her instead. The, the guy that, the savings, by the way. The, let's see how much you're paying attention. The guy that he paid for the room. Mm-hmm. The bearded guy? Yeah. Director. Okay. Remember? Remember him? Remember him? Remember him? That's no. the director. Oh, yeah, I remember him. I yeah. thought you were, like, from another movie we've watched. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Just from this movie. Yeah. Okay, so this leads me to a question that I actually wrote in my notes because I feel like I know my what I think about this. Mm-hmm. Could you ever hire a prostitute? Um, hmm. You want me to go for it? Because like, I've had enough time to think about this. So, in theory, I would say yes, in theory, okay? So, for example, there would be nothing wrong and you wouldn't have any objection if you and I agreed for $20, you will rake my yard, you will rake up my leaves, you'll mow my lawn or whatever, right? As a society, we've also deemed you could give me a foot massage, right? Yeah. You could give me a back massage. You could... Uh, do any of those things. But the moment mm-hmm. that it becomes sexual, it's off limits. Inherently, I don't think that there would be anything wrong with us agreeing on that transaction. You don't want to rub my back or rake my leaves, but it is something that the cost oh, versus yeah. advantage of it. Morally, I have no problem with yes. it. Yes. In fact, I think it should be legal because then it's, so, it's when you take so, them off the black market. So in my head, that's where I'm at. But... There's two reasons. I thought you were asking personally, which is a I, totally different. Concept. I am, but I'm 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 laying that out at the beginning. Okay, okay? so that's like where I feel in theory. In practicality, mm-hmm. okay, I get to the point where I'm ready to buy a prostitute, which I've established. In theory, it should be the same thing. Yeah. I need a haircut. I pay someone to cut my right. hair. And if for I want cutting out, you you drive to Nevada, and it's totally legal. Mm-hmm. 
take that out of the equation. So here's the two problems that I have. Number one is the awkward social interaction. I don't want to talk to the person cutting my hair, let alone that I'm going to sleep <laughs> with or ask specifics to perform different acts. Right. I don't think I could get past that. Then, no matter what, how much I was convinced by this individual, I would not be able to be convinced that she was there of her own free will. Uh, okay. Because you hear about that constantly, and like I think that's more. I think that's more part of the black market part of it. You, no, you're probably right. Like I'm, but I'm saying as of right now, like yeah. even Nevada, you go to a bunny ranch, they're there to make money. Yeah, but you don't know the circumstances that led them to that. I'm not saying they don't have daddy issues or something, yeah. but <laughs> they, they know what they're doing. Yeah, I think that there's still some questionable things that go down. I mean, on those because it's still the. But I think if you go to some place like legitimate and everything, it's like a, it's like walking into a Denny's. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to talk to whomever. There's just a menu, and you can point at things, and then they will just like appear. I'll just be like, mouth, pee pee, <laughs> mouth, pee pee. See that you were about to just not make any noise, and then realize <laughs> you're on an audio podcast, and like I need to talk like a baby or something. Uh, uh, like, all right. Well, what's your answer? <laughs> Uh yeah, legally I I totally I totally think it should be legal. Uh, it'd, it'd just be safer for everyone involved that way. Uh, I don't know. I ha- I have a weird time, like uh, as a fat guy, it's like I have a weird. You know, I'm not like body dysmorphia, but I don't like how my body looks, so I have a weird time just <laughs> being like. I'll just invite another person on earth to see me naked. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to subject you to this. I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry for this. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the worst part about being single. It's like, oh, God, I got a date. And if it goes really well, then maybe a couple dates later, like, I'll have to show her my penis. And that'll be, that'll just not be fun <laughs> for anyone. You're just like, oh. <laughs> So that's what you got there, huh? Yeah, it's like the David Tell bit. You want when when you uh, reveal yourself for the first time, you want like like something guttural, like another language, like "Hi, Poppy." You, you, what you don't want is like "Aww." <laughs> but I think again, I think that's the difference between men and women. Yeah, is that if you when you are with a woman, they're not thinking about that or like that for yeah. the most part. In general, it's like I never got the idea of dick pics. Yeah. Like, I still think that in the history of all humankind, no woman has ever got a dick pic and been like, oh, I got to put that in my mouth. Yeah. I have, <laughs> the, get, they're responding, get over here right now. I got to put that in my mouth. No. Yeah. That's not the way it works. That's what guys want to see. Yeah. Like, I have gotten some sexy pictures in my time and it was like, oh, I should reciprocate. This is fun. And then realized, no, nobody wants that. No. And then later, like, told her, she's like, yeah, no. That w- <laughs> If you would, say, if that would have been the end of the pictures of me, if you'd sent me a picture of your cock, no one wants to see that. I was like, "You're right. Nobody wants to see that." Thank you for, for bearing it, sometimes. But uh, yeah, uh, um, you're a saint, maniac, maniac. <laughs> um, so she, he strangles the prostitute, mm-hmm. which, in it, I, I've never strangled a person to death yet, but. Inexplicably, she's able to scream. Yeah, I wrote that while, down too. She screams a lot and while like, he's strangling her. That really bothered me. Yeah, really bothered me. Yeah, really. an otherwise great movie. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, just one of the things, like 
ah, yeah, like, you think, like, the director probably said, okay, you know, we really we really want to play this out. This is going to be a real long scene, so I don't know, maybe, like, scream a little bit or something. And then it's like, yeah, you can't. That's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> Screams require air to <laughs> leave from below your neck to above your neck. Oh. And if you're cutting that off, Screams can't escape. So full disclosure, I'd only seen about the first third of each of these movies. Um, not because I didn't like them for, for various reasons or whatever. Um, and 50%, I knew what we were going to see and I felt like they were going to be good, but also 50%, I wanted to see them myself. And this is a good context for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I was watching that pretty early on and I was like, Oh, did I make a terrible mistake? <laughs> like, I mean, some of these I go in knowing that they're garbage, and that's yeah. that's the, that's fun, kind of of the it. fun of it. But I'm also like, this is the guy that did Maniac Cop, and this is my first exposure <laughs> to you. <laughs> or this is me exposing it to you for the first time. It's the first so time like, you've exposed yourself to me. So what did I? So like, what did I? What did I get myself into? And and it ended up way better than that, in my opinion. Yeah. The other thing about that that uh, kind of irked me is he when he then scalps her, and there's a lot of blood after she's already dead. It's not. Yeah, I, it's, saw, I saw that too. Yeah. Um, the, the reason you bleed so much is because it's pouring into there. It's Your heart's beating. It's mm-hmm. making it go out. When you're dead, it's the blood isn't moving. And there's not a blood in your... <laughs> there's not a lot of blood in your forehead. So there was a... a when this movie came out, mm-hmm. it was a huge deal. Like, this is a movie that everybody was protesting and they were having people picketing and got pulled from the theaters and everything because it was so violent. It was so sexual. This is like son of Sam, son of Sam time, right? I don't know. Was that 78? I don't know. I should look that up. Um, but it, uh, it really had a big reaction negatively, mm-hmm. which ultimately ended up being good for it. Yeah. But there was a ton, a ton of backlash from it. And if you remember last week, he's got a boner on the, on the poster so there was like full size remember he has the giant ball just the mm-hmm. heart on in there yeah so like even just the poster was super offensive when he's holding a woman's scalp with a heart on um so i always thought that was in knowing that context even before watching it because i've listened to a lot of bill lustig interviews that was pretty incredible because for, to watch it now it's not that bad mm-hmm. or anything but when you put it into context this was 37 years ago um, I think it has all that much more weight to it. Yeah. So the same was 76, by the way. So yeah, this was four years after that. Yeah. Um, he ends up going to, so there's two young and I, and remember I'm using the word young, uh, people on a date that are out. One of them is Tom Savini. One of them is Tom. That's where I was going with that, which yeah. you know, from the burning. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen him in anything. You but haven't. This the is the first time. Yep. Yep. Um, I love that Like he he was like, you know what? If I'm going to make someone's head explode, I'm going to make my head explode. So the reason that he did that is because, there, I think the reason he got the part is because he was a special effects guy and he had a head mold that he was going to have to get rid of because he was going to get a nose job. Mm-hmm. So they put had him do it. So they could use his head blowing up to save money. <laughs> That's so great. the whole thing's pretty awesome. Yeah. But I'm looking at it, and uh, so I'm looking at Tom Savini, and he looks exactly the same as he does now in like his 60s, right? Remember Creepy. I said, I said like he was like the homeless guy that was eating. He looked like he was homeless, oh, yeah. and then he's swimming with a speedo in front of the entire convention <laughs> and everything. 
but he looks exactly the same. And I'm looking and I'm like, what? And I looked and he was 34 when this movie was made and I'm 33. And like, I realized like how old we are now. <laughs> like I, there's somebody at work. And then I was like, I looked at like her file or whatever. And uh, I realized she's a year younger than me. And I was like, she looks rough. And then, <laughs> and then I realized she's a year younger than me. And I was just like, ah, oh, we are getting old. Yeah, but you'll never have that Tom Zavitti mustache. No. Few, it was an epic fucking few, mustache. He still has it. Oh, Few people will ever have that no. mustache, man. Um, but I thought that was... All right, so that we said his head gets blown off. That was pretty awesome. It was fucking great. And like him jumping up on the hood, going yeah. through the windshield, the head exploding. It, not even in like a fun way, but it was great in like... That was, tr- it looked about as real as I could imagine a shotgun yeah. to the face would look. That looked so great that the blood splatter on her face bummed me out because it didn't match. Because it was like, oh, that's just a lot of liquid blood. There was no viscera or anything in it. But yeah, that was real fucking good head explosion. Um, I think it's the scene after that. He has like this epic monologue on a voiceover mm-hmm. that was just fantastic yeah like i it was i never did because i'm lazy and i don't do research but like i felt like it could have was it like an old poem or something like i feel like i want to do the we we might i might be looking like a total moron right now (laughs) like it's shakespeare or something but it felt so poetic that it wouldn't surprise me at all if it wasn't a real thing from elsewhere and wasn't something that was just wrote for this Hmm. do you know what i'm referencing at all it's not striking. It's not striking. I remember the the thing, but it's not striking me as like, oh, that was poetic. Like I don't remember the content of it. I remember liking it, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. I feel like I would have written down. It was like, oh, that was Robert Frost or yeah. something. Um, he is getting ready, like he's packing a gun, mm-hmm. uh, in a violin case. Yeah, that was to go shoot the dude in the face. Yes, to shoot Tom Savini in the face. Sorry, so I guess that was before. Um. And there's a Cracker Jack box featured prominently. Do you think they paid for licensing for Cracker Jack? Like, did Cracker Jack approve to be in this movie? I don't. I don't know that you really have to. Do you? If you're a brand like that, like, oh, he just eats Cracker Jack. Oh, you like? Don't? I think most time they like to Greek. They, they like to Greek things so that the brand can't complain, or so that because they're not paying him. I think most of the things Greek inside inside talk greek things make them look similar but not the same or just straight up black masking tape over them that's it but i think they they have to do that because they do they put black masking tape over stuff and they blur t-shirts and stuff on tv shows Mm -hmm. when they're the when they're a label also indie filmmaking is a totally different thing in that you you do things and ask for apologies rather than permission yeah so fun fact that was a joke as opposed to a serious question i don't know if you're new to this podcast but mm-hmm. we genuinely try to joke around and riff a little yeah so maybe we could try that next time maybe okay all right <laughs> so after he uh after oh there's he... a there's a star wars uh uh glass like a glass like a glass glass mm-hmm also sitting on his table of like Han Solo and stuff. I guarantee you George Lucas did not approve (laughs) that. Guaranteed. Go ahead. Of course not, unless he got paid. Exactly. Uh, Did you hear what he did with all of his money when he sold Star Wars? 
I don't know. Like literally, it was like three billion. He sold it to Disney for, and he was like, "Thank you for the three billion dollar check, Disney." Hey, Literacy Foundation, here's my three billion dollar check. Yeah. Like he literally donated the entire thing. I mean, when you're a billionaire, when you're already a multi billionaire, you don't really need three billion dollars. I tell that to a lot of other billionaires. I mean, reg- regardless of how much money he has, the sheer fact that he like yeah. traded Star try- Wars I'm, for I'm, that. I'm of course, joking and not trying to take away. Yeah. Like that's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. As much as. I want to punch that man in the face. The here. Yeah. And like, then hug him. Like, I think it was. Because it'll be cathartic. I think that's what everybody wants to do yeah, to him. Like, I'm not even a big yeah. fan. It's I, just a booth. Like, punch him in the face and then give him a, a, a hug. Yeah. He's doing that at a Five dollars. Con- he's, he's doing that at a con. Proceeds go to the literacy <laughs> foundation. <laughs> um, th- I, think, uh, I think it was like Bill Gates, like, had to. He was trying to figure out how to give money away. And I know that sounds dumb, but the problem is, is when you give too much money to a charity or to a government, it's the same. They have the same reaction that like you always hear stories about somebody wins the lottery Mm -hmm. and then they're bankrupt a year later. The same thing happens to charities and to governments when they get too much money. So he had to like create like a research team and spend like five million dollars. I'm making up that number, but spend this amount of money to research how to give money away. Like, well, then he has the Bill and Melissa Gates Foundation. But I think that's what it was for. It's like yeah. he, I, or part of it, or whatever. He has somebody. Point is, he had to spend a whole bunch of money. To point f- is, I I know like one fact that may be half true, and I'm going to build an entire story around it. I think that this is <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I'm not saying it's. <laughs> and not, I made the disclaimer. But I'm making fun of you. I'm for making not knowing dis- dick about what you're talking about. <laughs> Here's the point that I know. Okay. He had to spend a whole bunch of money. To figure out how to give away money. Yeah. And like the irony and the uniqueness of that is incredibly interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, Fuck you. If we're going to talk about Bill Gates, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson did some math. You know Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Yes. I love uh, him. He's fantastic. He did some math uh, about how much you make a year, the average walking speed. If you're walking down the street, what amount of money do you drop? That is worth your time to pick up. Mm-hmm. And most people, it's literally a quarter. You drop a quarter, sometimes a, a dime, nickel, penny. For him, he would have to drop $40,000 before it's worth his time to pick it up. Are you serious? Yeah. What he a, makes so much money. What a dickhead. But I'm sure, <laughs> like, I'm sure you saying that, he sounds way more like a dickhead. But when you hear him say it, I'm like, what a charming fella. <laughs> like... <laughs> Is that like, that's probably true, yeah. right? Like it, you hear somebody else say that, like it sounds like a conceited douchebag bragging thing, but yeah. he's so endearing that it's. He's did fantastic. You, did you see the picture of him, Bill Nye, and Stephen Hawking? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that in every way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Why can't Why can't Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson have our presence here instead of Alex Jones? That ticks me off. Hey, Tom. I don't want to be political or anything. I don't think it's political to say Alex Jones <laughs> is a psychopath. I saw. We live in a red state, unfortunately. And You're getting like definitively, definitively <laughs> political whatever. right now. Whatever. Like, <laughs> but we were at lunch and saw a guy with a bumper sticker, Hillary for prison 2016, and right next to that, an InfoWars bumper sticker. It's like, yep, that's uh, that's an American right there. <laughs> That's, uh, anyway. <laughs> so he goes back to his apartment, and he's watching the news after he blows up Tom Savini, and they're like, <laughs> "Which that newscaster? I think that newscaster. I think his name is Michael Rapaport. Is that his name? 
the super okay. the super super New York tall blonde guy that was in like Prison Break for a little bit, uh, and do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I think that that wasn't him, but he sounds so New York that I thought it was Michael Rapaport. <laughs> like he's just like, oh, I thought whoa, you were about to be like no, Michael Rapaport was. I'm like, I was, no, there's zero I'm, chance Michael Rapaport I'm was eating in this. a bagel, and I'm terrible at doing impressions, so this doesn't sound New York at all. <laughs> That's actually what he said. <laughs> Just insert insert a super New York accent, talking high pitched and fast right there. It, but it was a spot on death to Smoochie. <laughs> I love death to Smoochie. It's a good movie. That movie. Just... Everybody hates that movie. It's Why a good is it? Movie. I love that movie. Uh, people are dumb. Infowars.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the news announcer says. Uh, that we have a serial killer on the loose, five people are dead, and there's a manhunt out. There's a task force with over two dozen officers, blah, blah, blah. Five people have been killed four different ways. One had her throat slit. One was garroted to death. One was choked to death with bare hands. Mm-hmm. Two people were shot in the face with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. How do they know there's a serial killer on the loose? This is New York City. There's no mo. <laughs> There's this is New York City. No one ever. Gets, no one else no gets one killed murdered. except for these five right. people. So yeah. it has to it be the shocking. same person. That, that's how. Duh. <laughs> Use your brain. You're embarrassing yourself right now. <laughs> uh, like had they just not had that scene, I would have been perfectly fine. But I was like, oh come on. You're just, <laughs> I, I was literally just applauding you for kill for like having no mo on your serial killer. Yeah. Just like murdering people straight up for murdering sake. And then you're like, whoa, we've got a serial killer on the loose. Like, oh, there's no way you know that. <laughs> no. There's zero chance you know that. No. Um, there was a scene where he is on a train. He like gets on a train because he's following that woman. Yeah. Are you about to say what I think you're going to say? I I don't know. Do you want me to pause it so I can answer that question? Or do you want me to keep talking right now? I want you to keep talking so I can find out. <laughs> so there's it, like a continuity problem here that was so blatant. Like, it's like, he's by himself. There's nobody else around. Let's pull away. And then it obviously. <laughs> there's people walking. The nurse is still there. Because <laughs> then he's stalking and she's alone. There are people all around her. Literally people right behind her. People on the other side of the train. So it's obvious. People everywhere. It's obviously a stolen shot. Like, they yeah. didn't pay for that. But I it was just like holy continuity. Like, so I love John Favreau. You know that, right? Yeah. So I love John Favreau, and he always says, like, watching the commentary for some of his movies. Like, there's the. Have you ever seen Made? M A D E. Yes. I don't oh think so. my God! You know Swingers, right? Yeah, I know you love. You made me watch Swingers in high school. Oh, did you regret that decision? No, I love it. Okay, but Made is you the, were very excited about. Made it. is the follow up to that, oh, where okay. him and Vince Vaughn star. In the movie, it's not a sequel, but it's, t- it's like, yeah, it's a it's a spiritual sequel. So watching it, there's so many times when you watch, and like they're on a plane and their cups, they've got four drinks and then they've got two drinks and then they're moved and then there's different volumes in the glass and a bunch of different times you watch stuff and every time John Favreau says continuity is for pussies. <laughs> That's like his go-to line, and yeah. he's always referencing the fact like if people are noticing the continuity problems when they're watching it for the first time, yeah. you're not doing your job as a filmmaker. Right. Um, and I buy that and I get that, but this was so yeah. blatant. There's dude. a difference between level of glasses, food on a plate, the amount of cigarette smoked. Those are all very difficult <laughs> continuity problems. They're very difficult to solve. The 
this was a little bit different. <laughs> it was totally different. Alone in a subway, <laughs> surrounded by. I rewound it dudes. to make sure I wasn't missing yeah, a thing. I did the same thing. <laughs> I was like, I. There were just. I didn't. I saw that right. That's I didn't exact, just go crazy. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> oh, um. I think this is the point where my notes ran out because I think I just enjoyed the rest of the movie. So, like, he chases this woman, ends up mm-hmm. killing her in the bathroom, right? Right. Um, oh, go on. <laughs> I just said I'm out of notes, and I was trying to lead you into your next thing. <laughs> I don't have any notes, but I also forgot the entirety of the end of the movie. Well, I, I was trying to lead you to your next note. Uh, my next note is there's a taxi driver reference, and I had to look up to see if this happened before or after taxi driver. Of course it was after. Uh, yeah, so then he uh, meets the photographer in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, she takes his picture, and then he creepily looks, oh, I'm going to go tie my shoe, and finds out where she lives, mm-hmm. knocks on the door, was like, hey, I think you took my picture earlier. And she's like, oh, well, you're a stranger. Come on in. And <laughs> Again, so, this is New York. Nothing bad ever yeah, happens. Nothing bad ever happens. <laughs> in the uh, 1980s, when this is like a, the sleazy, like you yeah. feel dirty when you're watching this movie. Yeah. Uh, but throughout this whole movie, he's either been like wife beater at home or puts on like uh, skull cap and couple layers of coats and everything just looks like kind of an every man kind serial of, killer yeah sure serial killer <laughs> he's suave now he though, walks man. to the door holy shit he's suave he got his he got his sunday best on yeah and his hair's all did real nice i don't know why i'm slipping into weird black stereotype <laughs> voice here uh he looked good <laughs> and uh, so, yeah so it was just like he, he starts this took courtship. my picture. Yeah, I'm he gonna, start, kind of starts this weird kind yeah. of courtship. And, oh, I'm an artist thing. also. I'm a painter and everything. You want to go out on a date? And then they go on a date and it's like, I'm assuming that this is still their first date. But they're just talking about people in their lives that the other person shouldn't know. But just talking to them as if that they do know them. Like, oh, yeah, well, Rita said this. And, yeah, this guy said this. It's like, that, that, those... On a first date, you would give context to who these people in your life are. I don't are. know about that. That's a pet peeve that I have in my life, however, <laughs> is that people will, I will never have met them in my entire life, and I will be trying to talk to them, and they will be like, well, Susie was really doing this, and then I had to go to Johnny's to do that. I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. Exactly. That's my point, though. She's talking about Rita as if he has known her for years and I knows who Rita is. But my point that I'm saying is people do that okay. in real yeah, life. Yeah, I guess. I'm not saying that it's not wrong. They shouldn't have done it. Yeah. It's wrong. I'm saying... I just found it weird. And it is. At the very least, you would say, like, my friend Rita. Yes. But just on a separate tiniest note, bit of context. On a separate note, real people that do that in real life, fuck you. <laughs> I don't care, let alone know who Rita is. Yeah. Um, so Rita's a model who he steals her necklace and then goes and kills her. Yeah. So... How old is Rita? Oh, no, no. I'm confusing yeah. this with the remake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Rita's a, a young... I think her name's still Rita in this, right? Don't know. I know her name's Rita in the remake. I feel like it's Rita in this one also, but I could be wrong. I'm just going to keep calling her Rita. <laughs> uh, 
So she's in the bathtub, and then there's this real long pull-out shot, real slow, pulling out of the bathroom, into the hallway, and then, like, there's his hand, and he's, like, making a fist and everything. And it's, like, that's probably a 20, 30-second shot. And then she gets out of the bathtub, puts on a robe, walks in the hallway, and then, bang, she's unco- like she's unconscious. And I thought she was dead. So, to me, it was, like, the director was, like, reveling in the all the time before the kill, and then the kill was just, like, nothing. I think what I would say to that is we've, we've already said, for Frank, this is a sexual thing. Mm-hmm. That is the warm-up there's a word for that that i can't remember the foreplay (laughs) i wonder why you forgot that word that's the foreplay um for his release like Mm -hmm. i think he's probably physically ejaculating as he's doing these kills which if you're doing during foreplay it's probably not a good sign well i'm saying when he's doing those kills so i'm saying that that shot that pull up that anticipation Mm -hmm. was his foreplay and then he gets that release both metaphorically and probably physically Mm -hmm. uh as he's committing these murders yeah um which by the way this whole movie is like it's really slow burn it's a real slow movie but in like the best way i feel like it's, uh, I think it also does a great job with the mom issues that they talk about oh, yeah. without being overbearing mm-hmm. um, a little too far, which I think might be a sin of the remake. Yeah. Um, but it also gives you a degree so you can really kind of figure out. I don't, you can't figure out. You can get pieces to be intrigued enough by what this guy's about, what makes him tick, why he's the way it, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a super, super interesting trait that this movie has. Yeah. Um, so then, then they, after he kills her, do you want to talk about, okay, which, you know, he calls her mom, acts like she's the mom and, and kills her. Um, then he goes to the graveyard with, uh, God, her name's Anne in the remake. Is it Anne in this one? I've totally confused them. Uh, he goes to the, to the graveyard with now girlfriend of photographer lady, uh, and starts doing Hail Marys. And I love that he is just like going through the motions. Like our like Mother Mary, blah 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 blah. Just like he's going through the Catholic motions, but like you can tell like that's all it is, it's going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was that was really cool. It wasn't like this deep religious thing. It was just like, well, this is a thing that you do here. Um, and I appreciated that. And then he tries to kill her, she gets away. At one point, she's hiding behind a tombstone and pops up and hits him in the arm with a shovel and rips open his arm. That's got to really fucking hurt. <laughs> Shovels aren't sharp. No, that would hurt in a like, bad way. She, she tore up his arm. Yes. It wasn't like a nice slice, no. clean, like, oh, that'll that'll heal nicely. No. She ripped the shit out of his arm. But here's the thing. like, I almost think that that's probably more realistic than like oh, yeah. you see people get hit in the head with a shovel in a movie, yeah. and then they're immediately... Either knocked unconscious or they brush it off in a second. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you get hit in the head with a fucking shovel and you were out. This is not something you recuperate from. Yeah. I did think the, so he starts choking her and then she gets up and starts running. I felt like the the music in this movie was pretty good, pretty of the time. 
I felt like the chase music in this just felt off with the the scene. I buy that. Um, but it's really the only time I could point to the music to be really off. Same composer as Maniac Cop. Mm. Boom. Jay Chataway. There you go. Shout out. Uh, and then he loses her, goes home, fantasizes uh, all his mannequins coming to life, the women he's killed, and they kill him, and it's he kills himself. Mm-hmm. And then... How how did the so the cops show up like the yeah. task force? Mm-hmm. How did they know the woman sent him there? Right, because she knew who he was. Yeah, and they I, sent him. Obviously, there. she's never been there, but he never was like he. He's Frank Zito. He never gave any calls yeah, about never, that. Yeah, okay. But yeah, then the I love this movie, but that ending, the push in on the eyes, and he opens his eyes. Yeah. I think, like, come on! I think that was like a, we we got to give them a thing. So horror movie tropey. It, but I don't think that, I don't know if this was a trope yet. Even if it's not, I'm uh, not. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's good. I di- I disagree. I I agree that it's bad. I disagree yeah. with the director. I don't think it's fair to call it a trope. Okay, well, I think there are tropes and there are cliches. And I feel like they're the same thing. They're both things that get repeated. I think cliches are don't go into trope territory because they're not terrible. They're not often when it's when it's overused and it's they're both overused. But when it's overused and it's awful, it becomes a trope. I feel like okay. Uh, I've and I don't know. That's why we both agree, trope. we both agree to a degree. Yeah. So I did not like that. I was like, oh, and then credits, and it's like. You had me. So close. You had me. It was so, so close. close. <laughs> I'll get past the serial killer newscast. Yeah. You know, serial killer newscast, random battle axe. They balance each other out. <laughs> you know? You win some, you lose some. Exactly. But that one, ugh. So what'd you think overall? Uh, William Lustig's first movie, yeah. other than some softcore porns. <laughs> <laughs> is this real or is this like... No, that's a real thing. Okay. It's not like uh before Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Peter Jackson, made, Peter Jackson made hardcore pornography. <laughs> what, what Kiwi Crushers is Kiwi what Crushers. I told you it was called. <laughs> I want to see that so bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So overall, what did you think about Maniac? I really liked it. I felt like it was of its era, indie film, uh, and I thought it was really great. I, like I said, it was slow, but I enjoyed the slowness of it. It took its time. It didn't feel slow. It took. It felt like it took its time, which are different. I really like Bill Lustig, um, but the reason I love this movie so much is for Joe Spinell. He one hundred percent. He's so good. I I love watching him. There's, it it really, there's uh, a couple other movies that he did. One specifically I know is his last movie that they just recently found like the elements and were able to restore for real. Mm-hmm. And I've had it for a couple months and I keep like not wanting to watch it because I know that there's not, I'm going to run out here soon. Like I don't have anything else to see of him. Yeah. And like, I kind of want to hold on to it. Like, like Paul Giamatti drinking the special wine and sideways. Like yeah. I want to save it for, for a special time that I can sit down with Joe Spinell and watch <laughs> and watch him perform perform because i really think that he uh had something special i really yeah. do uh totally not to get into the other movie right away but the other movie starts with heavy the maniac remake starts with heavy breathing 
and right off the bat I was like that's that's no heavy breathing mixed with like pained moan. No, no, no. That's healthy heavy breathing that yeah. Elijah Wood Elijah Wood yeah. is a healthy dude. Yeah. Joseph Minnell, no, not a healthy guy. Not one hundred percent not. <laughs> not upstairs or downstairs. Nowhere no. healthy. No, no. Just mm, <laughs> like that that kind of that kind of moan that I know from when you run too hard and also you just ate three plates at a Chinese buffet <laughs> and you're just like mm, this, mm. This, this brings us back full circle mm. we had a false start and we were talking about gym class for a, little, for a little bit yeah and I was saying that I really hate those little carts because I always used to run over my fingers in gym class mm-hmm. you defended them saying that it was a good day in gym class for a fat kid yeah because then you didn't have to like use your legs you could just like sit on the thing that had <laughs> wheels and go. No, there, there was only one real great day in gym class that you didn't have to do anything. And that was the parachute day. Remember the parachute day? Parachute day is great, but you didn't get that past like third grade. That's a good point. I will say, I don't think I've ever said this to you. I want to sincerely thank you. You're welcome. Because like when we did have to like run and gym and stuff, I always knew that I wasn't the slowest kid because you were there. So it was great. Like I could always put in my head like, oh, I'm, a, I'm a lap ahead of Justin. Well, I get a lap, Justin. Remember our last day of gym class where the saddest event ever took place? The turtle race? No. <laughs> it was it was you and me as the two fat kids. <laughs> What is this? And then all the special needs kids. (laughs) I don't remember And they put us in a race. (laughs) This sounds so terrible. It was the worst thing ever. Is this real? Yes. This was our last day of gym class. I don't. In ninth grade. Ninth grade? I don't remember this. Our last day of gym class. (laughs) And I lost to all of you. But it turns out it was the turtle race. And the person that finished last won. <laughs> and so I won the turtle race Why do I not- by being the fattest piece of shit to ever walk through those doors. Why do I have no recollection of it? I don't know. I crossed the finish line knowing it was my last day. Ripped my, my uh, gym t-shirt uniform completely off into two. And just twirled it around my head, <laughs> screaming. I don't recall at this. The ridiculousness of what had just occurred. Uh, there were other fat kids in our grade, weren't there? Just maybe not in that period or something. Probably. I remember vividly. It was me, you, which you won, by the way. Did I way really? How do I not remember this? I'm so upset. I mean, you, I ever you actually over... lost because the rules are. <laughs> So, you crossed the finish line first. So is me, you, a couple of people with Down syndrome? And yes. Is that what it was? But yeah. I won. How can I not remember? I, the only race I've ever probably ran in my life, and I don't remember this. I'm so yeah. upset right now. I'm, I don't have any recollection of this. I lost to the kid with cerebral palsy. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this sounds terrible. This sounds so archaic, though. Like, would this it fly was awful. To, Would this fly today? Was everybody else watching, or did... It, it, I mean... It, it, it was like it all, the, he- all the healthy it kids. It almost literally was the Special Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, you know, we should have the, the special needs kids in a race. We'll throw the fat kids in there, too. That'll be fine. Uh, uh, this really sounds wrong. Yeah. Like, in a, like, I love that it... Yeah, it totally happened. Why can I not recall this? We Can you do me a favor? 
track down <laughs> the Cerebral Capalzi kid and the couple of Down Syndrome kids and see if they can recall this, because I don't have any recollection. <laughs> One of the Down Syndrome kids started following me on Facebook recently. Yeah? Yeah. Is this the one that an she elementary... Turns out she's really into cats and dogs. There was the guy that was we graduated with the head down syndrome. Mm-hmm. I remember in third grade he got in trouble because he told the teacher to suck his pine cone. <laughs> I don't remember that because uh, I was to a different school in third grade. Oh, it was great. Uh, That's great. I'm so upset that I don't have that memory. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Maniac Cop. I'm sorry. Nope. Damn you it. did it. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> Maniac. 2012. Sees Elijah Wood replacing Joe Spinell. Totally different, but I th- I feel like he did a, a, a really good job. Yes. And really, the synopsis is the same. Yeah. Like, pretty much. Mm-hmm. That being said, and I might be jumping the gun again here, This I, they might be the same they're totally different it's the same story but completely different movies. as opposed to hills have eyes which is the same story done exactly the same way yeah so there's a podcast that i listened to and one of the guys his criteria for a good remake is as if you can watch them as a double bill and they both hold your attention mm-hmm. both of these do that yeah i think is this the first one since the fly that maybe did that um, way back in episode one um so we did that i like the texas chainsaw massacre remake I think, but I you, think you liked it a lot more than I did. I did. Um, but I think that it, it does 50-50. It doesn't yeah. follow it exactly. It mixes it up. Um, Hills Have Eyes. I guess The Fly was a totally different thing. Totally different thing. I feel like we both were enraptured by both of them. Yes. Um, but I think this is a really, really good example of doing the same thing in a different enough way. Mm-hmm. It, a Town the Dead at Sundown. I just said like way too many R's in that. I was like yeah. drown the dreaded run round. <laughs> I put an R. Scooby snacks. Ramen up start putting an R in every word. Um, so <laughs> the town of dead it's <laughs> You missed an R. You you took out an R. You you overcompensated in your taking used, out R's. I used all my R's earlier in the sentence. So, the town that dreaded sundown. Ding, ding, ding. I think did the same thing. I think those work as a double bill. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, again, I didn't really like the remake, but you really yeah, did. Yeah, but I think it works as a double bill. Certainly. Um, anyway, the point is... I guess I'm jumping to the end, but this I think is a really great way to do a remake is that mm-hmm. they really did come up with a unique way to do it that doesn't feel like a rehashing of the original, mm-hmm. but is a remake yeah. and does owe a lot to it. Um, so synopsis is the same, but you've got Elijah Wood. Yep. Um, let's just do this now. Elijah Wood, Joe Spinell. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Who are you going to choose? They're different characters. I mean, I'm going to choose- the same character. They're diff. They're they have the same name and the same. They do some of the same stuff. Just pick one. I mean, Joe Spinell. Like I, I agree. Is, that's all you wanted me to say. That is. But that being said, <laughs> I'm not going to poop on Elijah Wood at no. all. No. Like um, I said, the the moaning was much better than the heavy breathing. Mm-hmm. But I think Elijah Wood did a real bang up job. Um, I don't. Do you know much about Elijah Wood and his recent stuff? I know he. M- he made a horror movie, right? He makes a lot of horror movies. Oh. He's like a horror kid. 
Okay. Like uh, he has his he owns a company called Spectrovision that predominantly produces horror and genre films. Okay. Um, like absolutely, he's in there. He's a the Macon Blair movie. Macon which, Blair from Blue Ruin. Yeah, which I one? said that he directed a movie. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Elijah Woods in it. Okay, like, and he's happy. He's he was in a movie that he produced called Cooties, and it was about uh, like him, Rain Wilson, Lee Wanell, who's the guy that wrote like Saw, Saw Two, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. Those guys and a couple other people um, f- fight and have to kill a bunch of zombie kids in an elementary school. Like that sounds. It's awesome. called cooties. Like, that sounds fucking awesome. So, um, what? What was the? Didn't he make a movie about a really greasy dude? Uh, he produced the Greasy Strangler. Yeah, I think that's a Spectre. Yeah, it is. It's a Spectrovision movie. I remember that coming out of like Con or Sundance or something. And there being a lot of controversy and them doing some really cool interviews about that. Yeah. So the Greasy Strangler is an X-rated version of Napoleon Dynamite. Is the way that I would describe it. Okay. So it's a movie that, uh, so here's a double build that I wanted to do it at some point that I was debating about. Two totally different feeling movies. Mm-hmm. Two movies that I didn't feel like I necessarily liked when I watched them, but I kept, I couldn't get them out of my head at all. Okay. And that's the Greasy Strangler for me. Okay. Yeah. X-rated Napoleon Dynamite. I've, I've heard good things and it's something I wanted to seek out on yeah. my own. So anyway. Uh, Elijah Wood definitely has horror cred. Mm-hmm. This is where my point was. So almost immediately after the, so he stalks a, a woman in his van and With then an awesome soundtrack playing. Yeah, by Rob. <laughs> That's the just Rob. Yeah, That's the artist. I've noticed that uh, the editor's name was just like Bree. It was oh god, it was Baxter. It was yeah, Baxter. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like video editing Baxter. Soundtrack, Soundtrack by Rob. Rob. And it's like, is that just a thing now? People just go by one name? It is a thing. Yeah. Uh, it needs to stop. Yeah. Oh, like, Rob of- did an awesome job. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how's bad would it suck to be Rob's biggest fan? And you're just like, eBay, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, eBay's just going to be like, buh. <laughs> Here, uh, here's every listing we have right now. Want some cookie crisp? <laughs> there's, a, there's a burglar on the front of that. Uh, so something I didn't look up that I was waiting to ask you, I saw uh, Alexandre Aha name all over this, mm-hmm. and I recognized it. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've watched something. We have, mm-hmm. but I don't remember what it was. The so Hills was, Have Eyes remake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Hills Have Eyes remake. He directed. I was thinking it had a good pedigree. <laughs> The Hills Have Eyes remake. Um, uh, so yeah, he uh, the whole he stalks her and then just like, don't worry, I know where you live. Whatever. Uh, she starts to scream, so he knifes her right in the right up the chin into the brain, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then it was like maniac. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That whole sequence was in first person. Brace yourself. Yeah. Then the whole. Then I'm just like, wait, it's still first person. Is this? It's still first person. Is this a first person movie? It's an hour and 15 minutes. We're still in first person. (laughs) So did did it feel distracting to you or strained at all? It did a little bit, but here, okay. I'm going to jump to 
two-thirds of the way into the movie from the beginning and to say, talk about Rita. Okay. So throughout this whole movie, it's all in first person. The only time it's never, in, the only time it's not in first person is when he's in a memory. Okay. He stalks Rita. He, she's in the bathtub. He drowns her unconscious somehow. Weird. And which I've never seen be a thing before. But then he ties her up and everything. And so we're still in first person. And he like starts cutting her back and it's all creepy and everything. And then he kills her. And the the camera kind of pans out and like he's there killing her. And it's like the only time it's in third person. And it was really jarring because of that. It's like the only time it's live and in third person. Is that an out-of-body experience? Like that's still Elijah Wood seeing Maybe. himself doing that? That would be my the best guess I may that have, I have to interpret I, that. Like thinking if, about it now, I may have looked down and looked up and it was like a reflection, but I don't think it was. There's definitely reflections. Yeah. In there. I don't recall that. Okay, I don't. I just but, remember but I finding it, it really jarring. I don't. I don't recall that. So it's possible, but there were definitely mirrors, like mm-hmm. used a lot, right? Because um, I, I remember in the opening sequence, he looks up, and I'm just like, "Oh, digital eyeballs in the rearview mirror." Get ready for a lot of that, but it, it, I don't feel like it was ever that blatant ever no. again. I think that this movie had the potential to be incredibly frustrating with that mm-hmm. and it is way less distracting than the majority of like found footage movies yeah in that i forgot about it which mm-hmm. i think is the biggest compliment that you can give right is that i forgot that it was first person and i wasn't constantly thinking about it which is the same thing that i would say for good found footage movies is you're constantly not thinking about it being a found footage movie and you just start getting engrossed into what's happening yeah uh, one thing I will totally give credit for is whenever his hands appear on screen, his hands are real fucked up. They are time. so gross. Like his knuckles are always worn from yes. scouring. Mm-hmm. His thumbs are always like bruised and real dirty. And I always really appreciated that that they they stuck to that the whole time. He he never accidentally had clean thumbs or anything. That being said, and they might have been. Did they look way too mannish to be Elijah Woods' hands? <laughs> like Elijah Woods is a dainty fella, right? Yeah. And those looked like man hands. Hmm. I, I got to envision, like, if I was going to pick somebody to give me give a jibber to me, it'd probably be Elijah Wood, because he's got to have soft feminine <laughs> hands, right? Um, apparently, you just need to to get a hand job from a, a software developer, because my hands are velvety smooth. But those aren't dainty. No. no. They're, they're man hands. Those are man, those are, those are chubby man hands. Those yeah, are, those, those are like I got little finger, finger sausages. <laughs> Daddy, would you like some sausage? The, you're like tapping the prostate right there, dude. You were doing a little <laughs> tapping. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. Uh, um, so there's a series of scenes where, or there's a scene in particular where he's me- hooking up with this chick online. Mm-hmm. And this frustrates me in movies too. Okay. Where they are reading. Like I can fucking, nobody that is watching this movie should not be able to read. Oh, when they're they're reading, they're reading the text from them, instant messaging or whatever, yeah. on getting ready to hook up. Mm-hmm. Nothing frustrates me more from that. Have you ever sat in front of your computer when you're cybering with someone and been like, "Oh yes, I want you to put it in my butt, <laughs> Mister Smurface"? Do you ever say that uh, out loud when you're doing no, that? I can't mm-hmm. say that I do. 
Oh. Uh, I know you'll never watch it, but someone that does that super well is Sherlock. They, uh, you know, it's it's a modern day Sherlock Holmes. But that's a show that somebody younger could be watching. I can buy that. Yeah. Well, no, they don't. They don't talk about it. Oh, okay. But they do. It's so whenever someone gets a text, it like it, it appears on screen, and you get to read it. But it always like feels like it's in the world. It's floating above, but it's still like in the world in in the show. And I feel like so many TV shows and movies get that wrong. That when it gets done so right, like in Sherlock, mm-hmm. I feel like I you know you need to call that out. Like oh. That's something you're probably not even thinking about, but that's awesome. Yeah. It, they figured out a way to do that I, and make it feel good. But it happens everywhere. How many times are people researching something and they're reading it out loud? Yeah. Because computers and phones are so big right now. If you're going to make a modern movie, you're, you're going to have computers and phones in it. So you need to figure out as a filmmaker how to get that across to the audience. And 95% of people get it wrong. It's I don't know. It's frustrating, for it's sure. It's lazy, because there's like, well, he has a phone. Of course, he's going to text her, so I guess I'll just have him read it out loud. Yeah, it's painful. It's painful, and this movie was no exception. Yeah. Um, the strangling death really seemed effective to me. Yeah. Like, he had to work. Like, he was getting tired mm-hmm. when he's strangling her, and it took a long time. Right. All too often in movies, you see somebody strangle someone for 10 seconds, Yeah. and I'm like, Anyone can hold their breath for 10 seconds. Yeah. And it, it was cool because, like, she, you know, she was the type of girl who obviously, you know, got online and got dudes to fuck. And so at first she didn't realize, you know, like, oh, is this part of the thing? Mm-hmm. And then it, like, dawns on her, like, nope, very quickly. This is not a thing. This is not the thing. <laughs> this sucks. Please stop doing this. Oh, shit. I'm being murdered currently i don't like being murdered yeah and then like the so many people so many times like when they have that scene then and they take their hands away and it's just like the neck yeah there was visible bruising yes that was awesome from you know watching any detective show ever like oh there are visible bruises on her neck she was obviously strangled (laughs) which which (laughs) there's there's also a distinct possibility that that's not true we just think that it's true from csi it's true (laughs) So, like, like, so somebody out there that's actually researching it, there's no bruising, and we're like, bullshit! <laughs> and they're like, nope, this is real. That's actually a thing. Uh, uh, court cases, modern-day juries. Yes, I've heard about this. CSI has affected modern-day juries. Yeah, when they, they, like, they have the bar set so high for what they expect right. that they're letting people go that should be found guilty mm-hmm. because they're waiting for that smoking gun where they show up with, like, this apple seed that's only indigenous to this one stretch of road. Right. And things like that, yeah. Um, I think it's like the next scene we see Elijah Wood going back home slash work where he's got all of his mannequins mm-hmm. and it really made me realize there's definitely somebody out there that has a mannequin fetish right oh yeah like absolutely like somebody yeah. is watching this doesn't Marilyn Manson I don't know I think he he has an amputee fetish and I think a mannequin fetish and I think that's kind of what the, the dope shows is Kind of expresses that. Uh, I would also be willing to argue he doesn't have either of those things, but says that he does. Okay, yeah, he's like, definitely said in interviews like, that he does. So, but but I I would like almost be more yeah. apt to bet. I think the person that does have that fetish is like Dan Rather that would never <laughs> tell you. <laughs> like, 
Like, what are the odds that the actual guy that makes a career out of being messed up is actually messed up? Yeah. I don't think so. I think he's made very conscious decisions in his life right. and his public character. It's like he dies and then, you're, oh, God, he was, he was like, really into balloons. <laughs> oh, my, I had no idea. Yeah. He just, he really fucking loved balloons. It's crazy. Uh, the, the the mannequin thing. Mm-hmm. Like they took a, I don't say a small part, but a smallish part, and like made it the part of this movie, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, um, that's his. I still don't understand how his parents could have. So his parents were obviously. Wait a minute. No, his his. <clears throat> I think he lied to her. Yeah, he had to have. Like I think that they probably lived back there. Yeah, I don't no, know. It wasn't until I was saying it out loud that yeah. I put together like, wait a minute, that's not no, a thing. She was, a, she was, she was she absolutely was a prostitute. Yeah, yeah. I just had that. Mo- maybe, maybe his dad was into that. Who knows? I maybe believed, that was. I believe Elijah Wood. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that was your first mistake. <laughs> Hobbits, uh, they're tricky. <laughs> I got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> got big feet. Only because of Kiwi Crushers. <laughs> yeah. That's your through line. Yeah, exactly. That's my your six degrees. Yeah. To Elijah I, Wood. I thought about that a minute ago when we when I st- accidentally said Maniac Cop. I need to start doing like a six degrees for every movie back to Maniac Cop. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, yeah, so the mannequin thing I think was done well. Like they yeah. were effectively creepy. Um, it was really weird to see like, like of course they would, but the one time they show him restoring it, that he's restoring the mannequin's breast. Like of, of course that's the creepy thing. That's what you would show, but it was just... I don't know. It was effectively creepy. I, also I, interesting. <laughs> I the cool thing about this movie too, which I think they, it's just a different take. Is we've said both characters. It's a sexual thing. These murders. Mm-hmm. Joe Spinell's Frank. I definitely would have had a harder time getting laid than Elijah would. Okay. Um. By the seams, like he wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna get anywhere with that other girl. Right. With the photographer? Yeah. I felt like they were... I felt like... Because that's where the time thing was weird. Okay. Because he kills Rita, and then the next scene that she says, like, thank you for going to the funeral. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, it's been, like, a week or more. I feel like there are bigger gaps in that movie that they just don't explain. But wasn't the I whole feel thing... like they were... I think the point of that is they were, like... They were dating. Yeah, but what didn't... Wasn't the thing, like, he got pissed off because she was kind of like, all right, we're kind of done now. This isn't... We're ending our night, and he didn't want to. That was the first date, though. Okay. Maybe. That was the first date, and he was like... Anyway, here's my, here's yeah. where I'm going with this, with the Elijah Wood thing. Is Elijah Wood is uh, is younger, more fit, more attractive. So he, yeah. he didn't have any problems having consensual sex with this woman. But that's not what he wanted. Right. Like, that's not what he needs. Whereas the Joe Spinell character... It's possible. My interpretation would be that was a substitute for sex. Elijah Wood, this is what he wanted as sex. Yeah. I, the Joe Spinell, he, it, there was a, there was a murder inside of him that always got in the way, you know, like, yeah, when, yeah, he's, like exactly. when he's with the prostitute. He was almost upset that he did that. Right. When he was with the prostitute, it's, he, he's, he wants to be with her. Yes. You know? The whole leave the clothes on, whatever, aside. Like, this is a thing that is normal that he, you know, has normal it is to get a prostitute. But, like, 
you know, normal to, to, you know, a regular be vulnerable in front of someone and yeah, and have sex with someone, and the murderer gets in the way, and then he, you know, that's one of the things that's great is that he kills her and then immediately throws up. Yes, which this movie does also, and I don't feel like it was as effective, but um, it he cuts the woman's back. So this is when the Rita character, like mm-hmm. he follows her, million candles lit, and he cuts her on the back, yeah. and it is like the most realistic cut that I think I've ever seen on right. film on her back. Yeah, it's crazy because it's yeah because it's not a knife with a tube yes. hooked up to it. Obviously, it's CGI blood. It is. It's but, the best CGI blood I've ever seen, probably in a movie. Yeah, it was really great. Yeah, um, I was really impressed by that. So he sort of starts courting slash dating a woman. Named Anna or Hannah? Uh, I think it's Anna. But before that, they do the he uh, meets another girl. Is that online? I don't remember how he meets her. Uh, but he stalks her to a like an abandoned car lot or mm-hmm. something, and hides under a car mm-hmm. and cuts her Achilles tendon. Fuck that mess with me. I I have a problem where I get weirdly paranoid for no reason. <laughs> Doesn't sound healthy, but like things like that totally freak me out. So I like you remember the that shitty Urban Legends movie. Yeah, and like that was the whole promo for it was dude under your car like fucking get you, and they do that in this movie, and like nope nope nope. So Mm-mm. that I won't. I get it, but that's from another much more famous movie. That I won't tell you what it is, so that when you see it, you're not going to expect it. Okay. Um. So that's definitely a thing from elsewhere. That's fine. It's still I, fucked up. That, and no, it's that's still fine. Fucked with that's me. fine. I'm just saying, it like, like I'm like almost jealous of you that you got to see it in that way because I saw it and I was just like, oh, that's from that. Yeah. Um. To me, it's just like, oh man, that's such a weird thing that there's a spot in our body. It's like, nope, you don't get to walk anymore. <laughs> like that leg, you don't get to use that anymore. No, nope, it's done. It's done. Um. So he's dating Anna Hannah. Yeah, uh, it's who, Anna. Who needs to rent his mannequins? Well, she he meets her because she's just taking photos of him. Yep, and she does like gallery and stuff, mm-hmm. and she shows marginal interest in him. So of course he obsesses over her. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is I, I did the same thing with this movie. Like I was like, oh, I think I'm I think I just got engrossed in the movie and stopped taking notes. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the last note that I have is like I think it's towards the end, uh, and they show a shot with like uh, Anna, Hannah, and. Elijah Wood, and the question that I have was: I think her jacket had a butt flap. Like, like, yeah. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah. Like it was notched out so uh-huh. she could like sit on the toilet, maybe. <laughs> and not, I don't know what was that for. It was I, weird, right? I think it's a fashion thing. I think it's supposed to show that she's French, and, like into fashion. <laughs> it was bizarre. It was weird. It looking. really looked like the inverse of like the old pajamas that had a butt flap, yeah. so you could go outside so, and not get cold every time. Because he remembers that thing like two or three times more. Every time I made sure I was looking to see, is that still there? Or was that like a weird part of the memory that like there's part of the memory he's misremembering or something? Mm. But no, it was just a weird <laughs> butt flap. <laughs> yeah, I love that we both obsessed <laughs> over the butt flap jacket. <laughs> so there's uh, this fantastic video online. It sounds horrible, but it's from China and uh, it's a dash cam video. And they're on a stoplight, right? And... Uh, in front of him is a van uh, with, like, a uh, fifth door that, like, opens up, right? 
So as they're going, that door is like opens up a crack, and they hit the gas. And like a one year, one and a half year old baby like tumbles out, and is like fine. It gets up, and then starts like waddling after the car. And everything was fine. Everything worked out. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But it's hilarious because. <laughs> Like it's wearing those pajamas and it's like butt is just hanging out <laughs> as it's like waddling after the car it just tumbled out of. Just everything about that video is so like mwah, so beautiful. Just, <laughs> I just love everything about it. It's hilarious. And then I remember uh, we first actually found it in the GIF and everything, and then watching like a news video and they had censored out the little baby butt. <laughs> the baby butt. <laughs> and I was like, because I was thinking. Is that is is that a is that a butt flap? What is going on there? And then when he saw it censored, I was like, "That's definitely a butt flap." <laughs> they obviously saw that. I was like, "We gotta censor this." Um, so things end up going poorly between Elijah Wood and Anna Hannah. Yeah, but before that, he's like, "You start." They do interstitials of. I keep saying before that, like, "Fuck you." You're going too fast. That's, that's exactly what you keep doing yeah. every time I like recoil a little bit. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. But they keep putting interstitials of uh, his mom. and mm. I can't believe I didn't bring this up. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think I think the first one is her bringing home two dudes. Yes. Yeah, so she's going to have a threesome. Yeah. And so then like he's in the closet and still first person from his eyes. And then like shirt open, tits out, total... And then, like, she's getting her tits uh, sucked on and, like, makes eye contact with him and tells him to shh. It's the creepiest fucking thing. Like, it, it is. So I, I think this is an example where I was nervous that you were going to critique it as explaining too much and things. But I think it's super disturbing because yeah. there's, like, another scene where they're, like, having sex, like, at a train station or something, like, somewhere in public. Mm-hmm. And she's just, like, telling him to look away. And yeah. he just keeps looking. Yeah. And that's so fucked. Like, that yeah. would... I'm not saying it's excuse at all. And I'm not saying everybody would turn into a serial killer. But that would be messed up, right? Yeah. Like, my joke for it was, you know, it's Bad Parenting 101. No, this is, this is Bad Parenting 203. Advanced Bad Parenting. <laughs> this is, like, all the way up there. The uh, y- Your mom was a single mom. Mm-hmm. Did she ever have any guys come home, to your knowledge? Not that I'm aware of, no. I think... In hindsight, yeah. has she? did she have that happen? That's sad. <laughs> that that wasn't nearly as funny. <laughs> like no. like in my mind, I really wanted your not mom to be getting railed behind your back, no. like just uh, for her sake. So we have a mutual friend. Uh, I think you still hang out with him from time to time. He was my neighbor across the street. He's from a very religious family. Uh, they have like twenty eight kids, uh, <laughs> and he's like the second oldest. But uh, basically, as soon did as he sleep with your mom? No. Damn it. <laughs> but he would say, like, he, uh, when they started having so many kids, they were running out of bedrooms, like, he went down in the basement and I think was right under their bedroom and said he <laughs> would just hear them, like, every freaking night going at it. <laughs> just, like, had to fall asleep to his parents having sex, oh. like, six feet above his head. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, I think... I started to realize it when I was a little older. I might have told the story. Stop me if I have. Um, we would go to like the the big video store, like in the town town, like a half hour away. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a big deal because there was a whole lot more movies to choose from. Yeah. Sometimes we'd get a video game. 
So my mom would take us around and my dad would disappear. Mm-hmm. Is this the, the mirror story? Did I tell you this? I think this is on the podcast. Uh, anyway, I'll just do a quick story. version of somebody. So uh, anyway, it ended up mom and dad would end up getting a movie about how to make your kids listen is what they told us. So we would be watching a movie. They would go watch the movie about how to make your kids listen with the door locked for like an hour and then come back out. And then like, it wasn't until years later, I was like, wait a minute. That wasn't a movie about how to make your kids listen. <laughs> like, <laughs> like in both those instances, I want to be like, that's simultaneously horrifying and good for them. <laughs> good on you. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like in a sincere way. Like I hope your mom was getting something on the side yeah. that you don't know about. Like uh, <laughs> you're not so sure. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the answer's no. Okay. Um, she is now though. Yeah, definitely. Good. Good. Yeah, I've. <laughs> what? I know way too much about it. <laughs> what? I don't. Okay, I don't want to know what you know, but I want to know how you know it. Okay. This is one of my favorite stories about uh, my mom and my stepdad. So when they they first started dating. Is it uh, weird that couple. you're in your 30s and you say stepdad? Like, I feel like it should have a different name. I don't know. I just, like, a lot of times I'll say my mom and Stu. But it's like when I realize that, oh, you don't have context of Stu, it's stepdad. I'm not critiquing you. I'm more critiquing like the English language. Okay. Like because when they were dating, right? Mm-hmm. So they were dating in their 40s, 50s. 50s, yeah. So they're Late dating 40s, in their 50s. 50s and they were girlfriend and boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need another word that is an, that, that's in a, when you say boyfriend, girlfriend, yeah. you, it, it, you, it would mean something different. I mean, I'm in my 30s talking about my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, that's I think they're fine enough word. Anyway, go Just ahead. Just because it says boy and girl in it? No. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so they've been dating for a few months. And uh, we, my mom and I went out to dinner. It's the two of us. And we were talking or whatever. And she was talking about, uh, yeah, um, Stu has to go to the hospital tomorrow. I was like, oh, my God, is he okay? She's like, yeah, he's fine. It's like, did okay. Find people don't go to the hospital. <laughs> did he did he break his arm or something? Like, no, he didn't break his arm. What is it? What is it? She's getting, like, it's an a, he's getting a vasectomy. And it just like dawn, it washes over me in like <laughs> layers of like, wait, what? Just, no, no, no. And she watches this and it's just getting redder and redder and redder as it, the realization is, is flowing over my face. She's like, Oh my god! Don't tell him that I told you. Like this is totally between us. Now it's totally between us and uh, whoever listens to this, which is probably just her. But uh, uh, that's my that's my favorite story of my mom dating. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, good for her. Uh, yeah. So Anna Hannah, things start to go sour. Where are they in this movie? L.A., I think. Oh, they're in L.A.? So, th- so okay. which is cool, because you got New York, then they transpose yeah, it to L.A. because kept, I kept thinking they were in New York, because it's, it's very close together and very dingy, which is what New York usually is. Yeah. But then when they do the gallery showing, it's like, the real money's in New York. And it's like, oh. Yeah, I think this is where L.A. The, then where the fuck are you? L.A., which makes sense, because this is like almost hipster, Frank? Sure. Elijah Wood. As Wu opposed to dirty Frank. With his weird nipple hair. 
<laughs> Real weird nipple hair. Yeah, he does. He has like one nipple that was like bare, and the other one is like super hairy. Do you think there was a debate about whether they should fix that? Like, either in when it was happening or in post. Like, did he show up to set like, or the night before? He was like, "What do I do with these? What if that's do all digital nipple hair? What if that was intent? Oh, what is that? Symbolize? Like Elijah Wood is like smooth, like like Brad Pitt. What does that symbolize? Weirdos have weird nipple hair. <laughs> If you ever dating a guy and he has weird nipple hair around one and perfectly normal on the other, get rid of that guy. I've never wanted You're to take a look murdered. at my nipples so bad right now to see how my hair is is fashioned. <laughs> um, I have about seven hairs on my chest. That's, yeah, that's the extent of it. Oh. Three of them are in a mole. <laughs> <laughs> Gross moles. Yeah. Again, going back to the prostitute thing, I don't like to share my body with other people. Uh. In fact, that's my favorite thing about now going back and dating my ex. It's like, oh, you, uh, you've you already agreed that sometimes I get to have sex on you. <laughs> that you're totally okay with what's going on here. I don't need to expose anyone else to that. Very exciting. Uh, so Anna Hannah gets Anna killed. Hannah. Gets killed. Yeah. Uh, but like accidentally she gets she gets the killed running away yeah because i think so elijah wood was envisioning they were going to be together yeah she i think i think to him she was his out she was she was going to be the one to keep him to like make him normal and Mm -hmm. she was that thing he could latch on to that was normal in the world and she disagreed. <laughs> yeah, because he's a psycho. Yeah. Cool. Uh, he really uh, cleavered that dude in the mouth real good. Oh, didn't he? Yeah, he was like, um, I, oh, that's one. I, I put that down. The guy was like, oh, yeah, I just booked my first national. He's like, I, I don't know what that means. And I was like, that's great. I love that. Because <laughs> a normal person would have no fucking clue what no, that means. No, exactly. Espe- yeah, yeah. But uh, he, being in that world, would totally expect everyone to know what that yes, means. Because he knows what it means. And that, that sh- I think it is L.A. Because yeah. he would expect that everybody would know what that means. Right. Um, yeah, what else? I don't want to... No, that was, that was it. Yeah, he... Uh, does he... <laughs> how does he die? He's just, like, in the closet. Which they didn't do the eye thing, which I applaud. Yes. He's just dead. I was a little. I assumed like he did the same stab stomach thing. He's just kind of covered in blood. Yeah, I don't have an answer. It's ambiguous, but that's fine. I, all He's you need dead. to all you need to know is he killed himself again. Yeah, and that's. I said again. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so outside of Rita, unless that that was a weird reflection or something else, this is the only time the movie's in third person mm-hmm. outside of memories, and like it's like a freeze frame, which was a little weird, where it was like. Everyone was playing mannequins. Yeah. And the camera was going around, floating around, and then finally ended up on the dead body. Yeah, because we, we skipped. He had the same hallucination where they right. were killing him. Mm-hmm. This was definitely more graphic. And this one, Hannah was perfect and I, walked away. I don't know if it was more graphic. Or I Hannah. take I rescinded that comment. It wasn't more graphic. It was just more up to date with the yeah. special effects. They tore off his face and yeah. it became weird shell face yeah did he become a mannequin was that it yeah he that became the, a mannequin that was supposed to be yeah 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 he was a mannequin apparently i have mannequin face blindness <laughs> too <laughs> do 
Did that mannequin look like that other mannequin? I feel like that was a different mannequin. Uh, overall thoughts on Maniac 2012, Justin? Uh, again, I I think the reason, I think one of the reasons that I liked this and not like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and why I say, oh, well, we didn't need to know more about Leatherface's backstory and this one gives more of Maniac's backstory is because I definitely felt like they were two different movies. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't a remake. It, of course, it was telling a very similar story with the same characters. But it felt like, okay, these are two different things, and I, I viewed them as such. And I think that's one of the reasons these, I These I could exist. So these could both exist in the same world. Totally. Yeah. 100%. Um, I think that this is... Uh, this is a way you do a remake. You come up with a clever way to do the remake. Um, but um, it's got its unique spin. I think that it had a gimmick that didn't become the defining feature of the film, which is, yeah. to its credit, really good. Because this very easily could have been like, oh, that's... could have been Hardcore Henry. The, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Th- this, that, that's exactly what it could have been, which is the would have been the defining thing, and it's not. Uh, the defining thing is that it's a good story. Elijah Wood does a good job. He's a different version of the Frank character, um, and it's it's a good remake. Definitely, Justin, two thousand twelve or nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty, definitely. Uh, again, not that Maniac two thousand twelve is a bad movie, uh, but not that it's a bad remake or anything. This is one where I think there are two great movies. I, but I if I had to choose one, which I do, because that's what we do on this podcast, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the original. Uh, much in the same way when we talked about the fly, uh, with as much uh, revenance as I could give to the 2012, I will go with the 1980 as well. The absolute defining reason is Joe Spinell for me. Definitely. 100%. I'm not taking anything away from Elijah Wood. I think he would almost agree with us, like that he couldn't yeah. do, do the same. He didn't try to do the same thing. He tried to do his version, which is good. But, but there's only one Joe Spinell, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got to take it with us. All right, next week. So I I was debating about next week. Oh, okay. So there's things that I could do. I could do. I've got an incest double feature lined up for us. Ooh. I've got uh, one for uh, some Cersei Jamie. Action. I've got uh, it's a Game of Thrones reference. I didn't get it. Uh, yeah. So, so the point is, there's a, it could be a whole lot of things. At some uh, point, I'm going to make you watch Game of Thrones. I'm going to hold you down and make you watch it. Okay. Um, <laughs> the just breeze right past that. The uh, I got. Do I have like the first three seasons? Okay. On DVD, and I got them for a super good deal, and they showed up, and they were all just burned copies. Oh. I was so pissed. They're not even in anything. They're just sleeves that someone hand wrote fuck that i was pretty annoyed for sure was that ebay no it was i offer and uh, then that's when i realized like that's what i offer is yeah <laughs> like, i was like if it's ebay you could report that i was just like naive and was just yeah. like that's super good site la 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 no i'm cheap and this is cheap <laughs> i like cheap things <laughs> is it cheap to try to find the best deal uh, no, i don't think it is what, it, would, it isn't inherently but there's a limit. <laughs> anyway, there's a line, and you're way past it. I fuck you. Um, so like I, uh, I decided like for our second feature, could have went up with a bunch of crazy things. But what I'm going to go with is going to be 
a, a social commentary on the cultures in our society. Does that sound fun? Uh, sure. Okay. That would sound like the most <laughs> synergized sentence. It's a social commentary on cultures in our society. <laughs> uh, that doesn't explain what your film's about. <laughs> but that's it's, uh, that's what it's it a is. social commentary. <laughs> it's a commentary on cultures in our society. All right, I'm going to give you this. You began that. You began and ended that sentence with society. It's a social commentary on cultures in our society. Well, wait and see what the movie's called. Is it called Society? Maybe. Is it High Society? No. That'd be great. It might be just called Society. <laughs> um, all right, first film. First film. Handed it across here. Oh, H.P. Lovecraft. I I didn't I didn't I was wondering your opinion on the Lovecraftian stuff. From the creators of Reanimator, which is definitely something I want to see. Humans are such easy prey. It is called From Beyond. And it's got like a, a green face that looks like it's either melting or is coming out of some sort of portal or something. It's very weird and creepy. On the back is <laughs> dude with an axe. Good. Uh weird three maybe that's a third eye maybe that's a bullet wound i don't know what that is and then some cronenberg ass shit that looks like looks like weird cronenberg bernie sanders i love that you've seen one cronenberg movie and use that word uh it's i love you that's awesome <laughs> i've been on a huge cronenberg kick as you've probably seen from my Facebook. i have feed. seen that on your facebook feed uh it's also a bit rick and morty reference um i also to make this nice for you, mm-hmm. I have a Taiwanese poster. Oh, nice! That you can use to reference some more images from the film. What do you got there, Justin? This is from the same film. This is from Beyond. Okay, well, are you sure? Because that says from Beyond Two. It's from Beyond, and then it's written in a bunch of different languages under it. I think that two thing is not a two. I can't see it the way I'm holding it. It's definitely from Beyond. Okay, but. There's a, there is there is no from beyond. There's no there's no other language where a two is a word. That's just an <laughs> Arabic two. <laughs> it's not from beyond two. It's from beyond, motherfucker. That's fine. It's so, something else too, or something. Uh, before I tell you, I don't know. Do you know about the Ghana posters? The posters from Ghana. No. So Ghana posters, they paint them on like these sacks, and it's awesome because they'll be like a um, these individual artists do it for individual video stores mm-hmm. and like they'll paint these things with like uh the matrix and it'll just like have werewolves in it for some reason <laughs> like literally <laughs> that's, th- awesome. that's a real thing look look at ghana posters they're awesome that's awesome so this is the taiwanese from beyond poster uh so it's got the same guy except he's gray can i cut you off first sure so this poster when i had the director and some of the stars sign it they were like what is this <laughs> I've never seen this before. And I was like, I, this is a Taiwanese poster. Like it's got this fucked up paper that it's printed on. You can see I have it like in a bag. Yeah. And it's this weird paper. And like the director was like, I have never seen this. What do you have right here? <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Like he was pretty amazed by it as well. Go ahead. Uh, so it's got the same dude taking up the bulk of the thing. Except instead of being green, he's gray. And he's got a worm coming out of his forehead or like a sperm something. Uh, there is another Cronenberg monster eating a lady's face. She doesn't look pleased. Uh, some weird nurse making out with a baby alien. (laughs) 
it sounds like you're singing Mad Libs, just so you know it's awesome. Uh, lady in glasses looking up at Lady getting by Cronenberg, and she's also not pleased. Uh, more Cronenberg monsters. I keep saying Cronenberg over and over again, but my favorite is there is a lady fucking a corpse or something on this movie, <laughs> on this poster, uh, or a weird alien thing. I think there's boobs somewhere too. I can't see where I'm at. I don't see boobs. There's there's some butt, but it's it's mostly just cheek. Uh, but yeah, she's wearing some sexy lingerie and straight up fucking an alien dude. Uh, yeah. Oh, there are weird ghost boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are ghost boobs on this poster. There we go. So I'm very excited about everything that I'm not going to see in this movie from that poster. So what do you expect to see in this movie, Justin? Uh, uh, I, I'm hoping this is some weird creature action. It's H.P. Lovecraft, so I'm expecting it to be real fucked up. Uh, I'm excited. I want this dude with an axe to put it in a Cronenberg monsters. Just split his face open. All right. Movie number two I already spoiled for you. It is totally called Society. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. Uh... Is that supposed to be? I mean, that is one hundred percent James Dean, like a painting, a painted picture of James Dean, right? Mm. That looks, that looks to me like James Dean. Okay, maybe he's been. Uh, I think it more looks like James Vanderbeek to me. James Vanderbeek. I was gonna go with uh, James Franco. It's a James. It's definitely a James. <laughs> he looks Jameses. He's very Jamesy. Uh, there is a lady wearing a real nice party dress, tearing off her face in a weird way. It's a society that's written in blood, so you know that's good. There's absolutely nothing on the back but words. <laughs> Screw that. Nope, don't open it. Not going to open it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so what are we going to see in this movie, Justin? <laughs> I need uh, I need your synopsis before you see it. Uh God! Go out on a limb. Pull your, you claim Society, to be a writer. You claim to be a writer. Give me a synopsis. We know that I'm a writer. Here's your pitch for this. Okay. Here's all right. You're sitting in Roger Corman's office. All right. He's like Justin. We got a title and we got a poster. What's this movie about? Okay. So uh, the the uh, the rich society, right? They they always have these parties. They have these balls and everything. So what if? What if we're at one of these balls and we're meet, we're meeting people, we're mingling, and then all of a sudden, like, you find out uh, the audience finds out, but they don't know. They don't know. That's why we're. That's the suspense, right? The, one of these is actually one of these one of these people is actually an alien. Then you just find it. It's put it on a suit. It's putting it's putting on a nice tight dress, and you, but you don't you don't know. There's two aliens. You don't know who they are. You didn't see their faces, and now they're mingling. And the whole thing, the whole movie, it's just, it's society, it's mingling, and you know it's somebody, somebody's going to get killed, and then some bodies start turning up, they lock it down, and weird Cronenberg monsters are killing everything. <laughs> I feel like you just described the thing at a party. That's what you just did. You just ripped off the thing at a party. Cronenberg monsters! <laughs> Battle axe. <laughs> 